Welcome back to Clarkston Family Farm. This time, Chelsea talks with Barbara Hamilton and Bob McGowan, owners of Bittersweet Farm. Bittersweet Farm raises and donates their entire crop of organically grown vegetables each year to the Gleaners Community Food Bank of Southeastern Michigan. Let's listen and learn more about it. Chelsea? Welcome, Chelsea O'Brien here at the Clarkston Family Farm. We are um, just super excited to have Barbara Hamilton and Bob McGowan. They own a wonderful organic farm right down the road from the Clarkston Family Farm called Bittersweet. So I'm going to uh, turn this over first to Barbara Hamilton. Barbara, introduce yourself and a little bit about who you are what your connection to the farm is, maybe how we met, and um, then we'll hear from Bob McGowan for the same. Go ahead, Barbara. Hi, I'm Barbara Hamilton. Um, Bob and I are married, and we've been living on Bittersweet Farm for 30 years now, almost 30 years. Uh, we formerly lived in Birmingham, and at that time, uh, our children had gone to college, and Bob was saying, I would really like to live out in the country. And I said, oh, yeah, okay. And uh, <laughs> we started coming out here looking around. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be wonderful to live on a lake? We've never lived on a lake. And uh, here, this is lake country. We knew a number of people out here. We thought, well, we'll look around. So we found some places, but mostly they look like Birmingham on the lake. And I decided I didn't really want Birmingham on the lake. I wanted something a little more rustic. And we were was reading the Birmingham Eccentric, and there was a picture of this, this little farm. And I thought, uh-oh, if I show this to Bob, that's where we're moving. <laughs> so you had a decision I to had make. the decision. <laughs> I had to decide, all right, goodbye to the lake and hello to the farm. I showed it to Bob. Of course, we looked at it immediately. Of course, he wanted to get it. There were some problems, as you know, with real estate, things change and things get screwed up um, and it took a year and then at, at the end of a year we decided that we would go ahead and we would buy this place. Well Barbara good things sometimes are <laughs> I know. worth waiting for. You, we, we talked a lot I have to bring this up because I distinctly remember a little over four years ago sitting with Barbara yes. Hamilton and Bob McGowan and some other folks that yeah. were as passionate as I was about starting this farm and it took about a year and a half to get through all the different zoning and the approval process and oh, trying yes. to figure out can oh, we yes. get the Clarkson family farm coming. So good things, things are worth waiting, waiting for. for. Absolutely. We were very excited to talk with Chelsea a few years ago, as Chelsea said, about four years ago, and seeing what she had in mind. Seeing this, and she has a great vision, and she had a great dream about what this could be and what she was looking for. And uh, so we were happy to be a small part of that as we were just in the discussion area with her uh, as she made her plan to move in here. But we, um, we moved out to the farm and right away, I said, what are we gonna do with 18 acres, Bob? And he said, well, he says, I don't want it to be an aesthetics farm. And I said, okay, he says, I'm planning to get a community garden going. Love it. I said, great. And he did. Within a year, he had found people, different people, who all agreed to come out to the farm on Saturdays, I think it was then Saturday, and, and begin this. And so from the beginning, Bob had a vision for what he wanted, and he has maintained that vision for the last 30 years. 30 years. So that it's gives kind of me amazing. inspiration, Barbara. Can, can we 
hear from Bob. No. I want to hear. No, we don't. <laughs> I, maybe you and I could just talk. And right <laughs> Bob and I get to talk all the time. Oh, that's no. true. That's Bob true. McGowan. Um, we have a song about farmer Bob McGowan that when we walk down, so to just give a little context, the Clarkston family farm is exactly a quarter mile from Bittersweet Farm. And it's just, we walk down the road and it turns into a dirt road. And as we walk with my 30 odd garden club or Camp Wild friends, mm-hmm. we sing Bob McGowan had a farm. E-I-E-I-O. <laughs> what did he have on the farm, kids? Well, he grew some potatoes on on his farm. So we come and we sing our Bob That's McGowan great. had a farm. Bob McGowan, welcome. Thank my you. Dear, Thank, dear friend. Thanks, Chelsea. Um, like you, we had a vision. I don't think ours was as um, elaborate or varied or maybe even as productive as yours has been. I think that's not true, and you're being humble. No, (laughs) but um, as Barbara said, um, we we wanted to put the farm to work. Uh, Form follows function, and uh, what was this farm going to be if it didn't function in in an agricultural kind of capacity? So we decided to grow vegetables for needy people. And um, we did. We worked just on the weekends because at that time everybody was working. Nobody was uh, retired. So we had to come up with lots of time-saving, labor-saving methods like weed barriers, uh, both commercial and homemade, called wide row planting, highly productive and uh, that minimized weeding. And we had a sprinkler system with sprinklers on stalks and, and we could just turn a, a valve and, and water a whole quadrant of the garden. Remember, so, you, let me interrupt and just say that there's a pond right near where you have- Yeah, we the, pump uh, water we from- pump You water. didn't get a lake, but you've got a pond. <laughs> we have a with pond. A, with a dock and <laughs> right. bass and everything. That's right, you know, it's just <laughs> almost didn't, like Didn't a lake. get our lake, but we got a pond. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, so, um, and that was great for about four or five years, and then the group kind of fell apart. So we had to had to make some alliances. had to had to had to do something to keep the garden growing sure. and going. But um, so uh, Barbara and I both got our master gardener certificates, and a uh, master gardener folks said um, agreed that this garden would be a good community service project for master gardeners who have to do <coughs> community service. 40 so, hours. Yeah, and that got our, um, that took care of the labor force. And then I was on the um, the board of the Food Bank of Oakland County. That's before it merged with Gleaners. And, and then I was on the board of Gleaners for a while. And Gleaners um, took care of the distribution. We just got the food to Gleaners to their Pontiac office, and they took care of distributing, uh, distributing it to uh, needy people. We grow a wide variety of vegetables, uh, everything from potatoes to squash to huge uh, quantities of tomatoes and green beans, beans and leafy vegetables. 
They're all in our song. And on his farm, he grew tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, we have tomatoes up to here in this garden. And a, and a lot of And they're potatoes. wonderful. And they're a lot of heirloom potatoes also. So we, um, we probably average about 3,000 pounds a year. On our best year, we had over 5,000 pounds. Yeah. And last year, we had around 2,500 pounds uh, that uh, go to the food bank. And all of these are organically grown. Uh, so uh, they're, they're deluxe. They're, they're very nutritious, um, high-quality vegetables, and we're, we're quite proud of them. May, may I just um, ask you to, to say the, the phrase, plant a row for the hungry? Oh, yes. I, I really like that. And I wonder, um, how long have you called that program Plant a Row? Yeah, we, uh, we've, the garden's formal name is Bittersweet Farm uh, Plant a Row for the Hungry Community Garden. It's quite a mouthful. But... Um, the plant, plant a Row for the Hungry is an uh, initiative of the uh, Garden Writers Association. So uh, <laughs> Garden Writers, w when we wanted some publicity, it was kind of like shooting fish in a barrel because the Garden Writers would pick up this, um, the story. Uh, pick up this story. And that was important to us because we still needed volunteers. We always need volunteers. Every farm needs volunteers. You know what yeah. we, we have in our greenhouse when we rebuild it, it'll go back up, but many hands make light work. Mm -hmm. And um, that's a nice uh, maybe dovetail into my next question, and that is... Um, how do you like it when we come over to oh, the I farm love it. With, we love it. <laughs> with all of these many hands? Some of those hands are four years old. Yeah. Some of them are my teenage counselors. And we've been coming to Bittersweet Farm with Garden Club. Uh, I want to say even before the Clarkson Family mm -hmm. Farm started, we'd walk over with our Garden Club. Um, and we come throughout the summer for, you know, three weeks. And it is, for me, one of the highlights of Camp Wild. And we have a lot of conversation. And we always start the day, raise your hand if you had breakfast. And all the hands go up. Raise your hand if you had dinner last night. And all the hands go up. And then the next question is, do you think all kids can answer those questions with a yes or and, and tell me what you, and they're, well, yeah, and, and then they start talking a little bit more, and some of our teenage counselors remind them that not everybody always has breakfast, not everybody always has dinner, and I will tell you, even kids that have the resources are not always eating fresh, organic, beautiful, like you said, th this is like premium quality vegetables that are highly nutritious. So um, it's such an important lesson for our young people to be thinking about how to um, have a heart of service and give to others and the gratification that you get from that, but also that um, you shouldn't take anything for granted. And if you can help others out, well, that's... Yeah, Chelsea's uh, kids um, from her wonderful Camp Wild uh, partake of Chelsea's mission. So it, it seems strange to think that 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 kids, even four-year-old kids, really have an understanding of what they're doing in that garden. And they are wonderful workers. Um, that's, we, and we, we try to give them a, a meaningful experience. 
they're not going to just be there weeding or something. They, they'll be uh, digging potatoes, which they love. It's kind of like a treasure hunt for the kids. Or picking squash or uh, maybe picking tomatoes. Um, they seem to love it. They, they love all of it. And, you know, you say a meaningful experience is, is the harvesting. Of course, that's the reward. And you're right. It is a treasure hunt. They're digging down and they're showing the purple potato that they found. Or, look at this one. It is ginormous. And everybody runs over to see the big potato that, you know, Zach just dug up. But they also love weeding. Some of those kids get such gratification out of cleaning up mm -hmm. this area. Hey, Mrs. O'Brien, look at this. And now before, this was really, you couldn't even see the dill, but now you can really see it. And I got all that crabgrass out and they're learning so much and taking such pride in doing weeding, which you're right. You think, well, that's not all that fun. It is for some of those kids. Typically, we, um, not typically, always, we we get a limited space for them to weed so they're not looking at like infinity which can be overwhelming it, i get yeah. overwhelmed sometimes yeah i'll leave for a week and we've got volunteers of course that continue to love our farm but i'll come back and i'll say oh all right i'm just only going to work with this row today because the whole thing is a little overwhelming and we have all kinds of groups coming in um because like uh Chelsea's uh, group here at uh, Clarkson Family Farm. Education is one of our um, missions. So we've had church groups, we've had scouting groups, we've had uh, school groups, um, all kinds of kids coming in, and, and adults too, uh, garden groups. And uh, we all learn. Sometimes I think I'm the least knowledgeable of folks. I mean, I could, I could give a good talk about setting up a community farm, but as far as the horticultural aspect of it, I learn every day from people coming in, yeah. including well, from our garden manager, yeah. Carol Bodner. Just on this last podcast, we had this conversation. As soon as you think you can do it by yourself, first of all, you're doing it by yourself. And as soon as you think you know everything, you stop learning. So I, I always uh, learn from you guys when I come. And um, yep, we'll have some master gardeners on in, in future podcasts so we can talk a little bit more about some of the specific strategies and methods that Bittersweet Farm has really perfected. 30 years, um, and there, there's, there's some things that are replicatable. One thing that I love about my fellow educators, naturalists, gardeners, is we all want to help each other. You know, I have a professional background way back in the background where I was in um, medical equipment sales. And while, of course, there's some you know value to that, it's very competitive. And people are pretty proprietary over some of their success um, strategies. Not true with gardeners. They're so happy to share so we can all scale up. We're, we're wanting to improve um, the, the quality of the produce. And if somebody learns a way to do it better, more efficiently, you're so excited to share that. I just think it's a really cool it's culture. True. We uh we have people come in to uh, look at our garden to see how 
a deer fence should be erected and how to do raised bed gardening and different methods for composting and uh, what we use for soil amendments and on and on. There's a lot to be learned there, but then, of course, we learn from everybody. For instance, we use seaweed, that is lakeweed, as a soil amendment, and we put on tons of weed, seaweed, harvested from lakes. Well, um, great, but that requires, of course, making arrangements with a uh, a lake weed harvester who they contracts with the um, lake homeowners and they dump tons of the lake weed right there at the garden. Isn't that a cool synergy though? Yes. You know, one person's right. uh, waste, waste is another one's asset. Yeah. And I just, I just think That's farmers wonderful. are so good about this. And I think about this in our own uh, farm. You guys don't have chickens, but I think, okay, I'm mucking out the chicken coop with some Boy Scouts yeah. here today. And they're got, they brought out some plastic bags thinking they'd be helpful. They're going to put all of the old, uh, you know, leavings, you know, all the, the straw that had all the chicken poop, <laughs> you know, in the plastic bags. I said, what are you doing? That's going to be fabulous compost in a couple of years. Oh, no, no, that goes over here. We're going to mix it up with our leaf mold. We're going to uh, make sure that we, you know, utilize this. Nothing goes to waste on a farm. And what a valuable lesson that is, that is too. That is true. I think, and it always surprises me when... It's about that time where we have to wrap it up. Can you believe already? Um, there's so much more that we could talk about uh, with Bittersweet Farm and with our um, connection. I'd like to maybe just um, wrap it up with a, a couple of thoughts about some of your um, favorite times with the kids that come over. And then because I really do um, look to you as, as mentors, you've absolutely been an inspiration and such a support for our team at the Clarkston Family Farm. We do have some um, ideas about maybe ways to do our own plant a row for the Hungry program. It's, it's such an important thing, um, I think, that we can do as small farms and as a community. So I'd like for you to maybe say a, just a little anecdotal something about um, some of your uh, a favorite moment. Maybe it's when the kids discover there are seashells or like, you know, little snail shells in your garden beds. They always are wondering about that, and that is because of all the pond muck, right? And that was all, they always are delighted by finding those. And then if you could just give me an eye wish for me. Here we are a couple of years in, three years in. You're, you've been doing this for 30 years in a similar way, you know, slightly different missions, but we have the same... Um, we have the same passion. What advice or what hopes or what wishes you might have for me? Well, I've got two things. Okay. I, I always like to include in any conversation I have. Uh, my, one of my favorite sayings is that um, bad gardeners grow weeds, good gardeners grow vegetables, and great gardeners grow soil. Yep. So we're always thinking about the soil, where these vegetables come from. That's it, except I have one other, this is a real anecdote. 
One of your little girls who came over. I, re I know what you're going to tell me. What a lovely young gal. Why don't you tell it? Because oh, I choke up. Oh, so if, if this could be a several hour long podcast, yeah. I'd, I'd like to share a little bit more about, you know, Bob um, is really a Renaissance man. He speaks French fluently. He's an author in his own right, um, a poet even, I would say, yeah. and uh, taught at the Roper School for many years. And Barbara, I could brag about you, a professor at, you know, Oakland University yourself. And, you know, you, you both just are such amazing people. Um, and, you know, as we get older, sometimes we <laughs> have some things that don't work quite as well. And if Bob is pointing to his ear, <laughs> and he's so, so he has uh, some hearing aids. And I think you're, you're, we're going to tell the story about my friend. Yeah, this uh, little girl was, um, she was working in the garden, and, um, and somebody told me that she was almost deaf almost very, very hard of hearing. And uh, she said, oh, you have hearing aids too. And it kind of made that connection. And I was really touched. It was a, <clears throat> a wonderful moment there. Well, you have to know, and, and Barbara, I know you're always, again, you're, you're so humble, and you're like, oh, no, this is Bob's, you know, kind of thing. But they, they really are excited to, to meet the both of you. We, we sing our songs on our walkover, and you're a little bit celebrities, you know, to them. And so this, this young gal who is in Camp Wild, by the way, she was one of my favorite campers, so full of that sense of adventure, willing to try anything, just the, the delight in every, all the activities that we did. But when she finally meets the, you know, the Bob McGowan, and he looks like her, and she points and she says, Mrs. O'Brien, he's like me. And I just, you know, I think those connections, um, and we talked about this in previous podcasts too, the learning that these kids are doing are, is on so many levels. They're, they're learning a lot about, you know, different types of, you know, science objectives and outcomes and the connections with ecosystems and some practical skills and how to garden and where their food comes from, but the relationships that they develop and the connections that they make socially, not just with each other, but with the counselors and then with these experts in our community that have so graciously, generously given of their time and their expertise through these camps. It's just been I appreciate remarkable. your saying that. I think that Bob and I have been most impressed at the uh, maturity of the kids. They may be very young, but they take their work very seriously, and they listen. And when Bob first told me we were going to have like 30 kids who might be six or they might be eight, I thought, this could be a disaster. <laughs> and thought, Not on my watch. I, I, I thought, all these kids running wild? I, I can't imagine it. And Chelsea I, named it Camp Wild. It's going to be, be wild. wild. And, and when I was eight, you know, I was the class clown, and I was busy talking all the time. Teachers were always moving me to the back. Or you can see you as a social butterfly, but, sure. I don't know. But, but, she, but these kids are so, so involved with the work they are they take themselves seriously they're not giddy they're not silly 
but they're very lively. You know, they're very lively without being they're still, nuts. They're kids. They're kids. Oh, yeah. And I think you're doing a great job. And you're well, doing a great job helping them take themselves seriously as, as students, as gardeners, all that. It's pretty amazing what kids can do. We are going to finish with our patented dig it. <laughs> what the kids always do when we finish. That's the way we finish our podcast. So I want to thank you both for taking the time to talk with me. I hope we can have you on again. I feel like we've just scratched the surface of some great conversations. Um, thank you, Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let's do it. Okay. One, two, three. Dig it. Dig it. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Thank you, Chelsea.